Blog Talk Radio. Father calls a son. He does not leave him full of the world, of his own desires and instincts of the flesh. The father calls his son to his side, and then angels are dispatched to bring him his son. These angels know the condition the son must be in to present himself before the father. He cannot come full of himself with all of his worldly desires, his ego, lest he feel the pain of his sin and flee before even hearing his father's voice, like Adam hiding from his shame. Like fine gold is refined by fire, the son is confronted by the devil face to face, just as Job faced Satan at the will of God. As Christ was tempted for forty days prior to returning to start his ministry, Christ faced the evil one who brought the heat of the furnace to purify his heart, soul, and his mind of this world. Every calling in the Word of God for the Son of Man is the same, but manifests in different ways, but always has the same outcome. The Son of Man is finally purified, refined like fine gold, knowing his own sin and grasping the law of God so deeply that he can finally confess his unworthy stature and repent fully, completely, with a fully humble and contrite heart. Then and only then can the Son approach the throne of His Father. And even so, He still crawls. The fact that you are here listening to this show demonstrates that you are heeding the call. For many are called, and few are chosen. Those that are chosen have to actually respond to that call. Good evening, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day in this awful energy that is flying around over the past few days. I don't know whether anyone else feels that. Give me a uh, a hoot hoot and a holler in chat. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing fine, given the exact thing you're talking about. I mean, we've been observing this in the electromagnetic spectrum, uh, looking at the various instruments, and it has been a rock rocky last couple of days if people are feeling a little off i can tell you that we have a lot of electromagnetic energy around the earth right now for sure yeah there's no question about that i i um that that energy seems to connect with me in a way that i feel kind of everyone else's everyone else's burden well, you and i were talking about that earlier i, I feel like i'm kind the of weight of a million people all at the same time all all at once and uh it's just incredible uh, first let me get some uh uh, some uh, a couple uh, notifications out of the way. Um, everyone, anyone that is trying to get onto the uh, to the new uh, social site, it should be back up right now. It's gone uh, up and down uh, as we've done some updates, but it is as I'm looking right now, it is up. Um, and let me just see, and I'll check if uh, the domain name is pointed to it. Uh, so no, if you're going to crucifiedinchrist.com. 
it is not going to uh it's not going to um it's going to take you to the old website so you have to use within the youtube uh description you'll see an ip address link click that and register the dns uh, not sure how uh, how many people know what this uh, what dns is but dns stands uh, stands for uh domain name services and so just to help you understand how domain names work is that behind every um, vanity address, so crucifiedinchrist.com would be a vanity address, and behind that address is an actual physical hardware address, so an IP address. Uh, IP address, IP stands for Internet Protocol, um, and so that way you don't have to remember an address as you know 192.168.1.9, right? You don't have to remember that. So uh, that's why I put the the link in there, and you can sign up for the new uh, for the new site. You'll see diaspora. You will not see cruci- crucified in Christ. You'll just see diaspora. Diaspora is a decentralized social network um, that will allow everybody to connect within this pod, but we will be able to connect with different diaspora pods all over the globe. So uh, this is going to allow us to have our own space, but yet be connected to the rest of the world and bring others into the fold as um, as we get to know them. So just a little bit of information there. The old website, so the old Crucified in Christ website, we will um, take that website and I will put that on a subdomain. A subdomain would be uh, oldsite.crucifiedinchrist.com. And that uh, once, I, once I've created that subdomain, then you'll be able to go there and take down any or not take down because I'll, I'll wipe the whole site out so you don't have to worry about you know your information being available or existing somewhere on a server but if you have something that you had posted that you want to you know make a copy of i'll make that available for a little while so you can do that uh let me see if there's any other pieces um also um i uh, i'm going to be moving here to the to the new property fairly soon and uh and then uh, preparing that for uh, for the event, which will take place there in September, for people that have been following that, and um, at, so it is not going to be in Sedona. It is going to be at the new location, and um, that new location gives us a little bit more. Um, it's 150 acres, and it gives us um, basically the protection of being a church, not a church as you would understand it in a, as a 501c3, as you've heard me say before, but a, uh, a spiritual center, a sanctuary. So um, that gives us some security provisions that uh, prevents anybody from, uh, you know, anybody from coming on that property whatsoever. Uh, as you, many of you may be aware, there's been some very crazy stuff, attacks going on. Uh, I guess people don't like talking about this, don't like people that are uh, talking about the things that we're discussing, the truths that we're discussing. So I get quite the demonic activity in some people that uh, have hunted down family members and uh, you, you name it. It's, it's quite alarming, but, um, you know, all, uh, all protected by the Father. There's no question Steve and I were talking about that uh, as far as protections. And uh, so just wanted to get those out of the way. And I will be talking about and doing uh, specific videos on the new website on Diaspora that I will put uh, on there. They won't be on YouTube um, that will discuss the details of the property, and those will be private videos just for the people that I've, uh, that I've already had that discussion with. So you'll be able to express your interest in coming to that event on the new site. So that will be – and just to, to give you the address um, to get this out of the way – 
http colon slash slash just like you would see in any other website then 23.101.123.166 that's the ip address of the server right now so if you go to http colon whack whack slash slash that's what the whack whack means 23.101.123.166 you'll get to the website all right so now we can get on get on with the show. Thanks for letting me get that out of the way, Steve. Um, I did uh, uh, briefly speak with Naughty, everyone. So um, Naughty will not be joining us, but let me – I'll read to you um, the email that he sent me very quickly here. One second, just so this will be our – this will be Naughty joining the show. I'll read his email. So, Naughty, when you're listening to this, know that I'm reading your emails to everybody. He said, thank you so much for asking, Derek, but I cannot tonight. I most likely already missed it because I just got this not that long ago. He said, I have a lot to do throughout the day while spring is here in the house for my mother and others that I help out here. Naughty. So, just to let you know that um, he will not be able to make it tonight, but uh, hopefully the next show. All in God's time, right? So, Steve, how's your day? And tell me what you've learned today. Oh, too, so many things today. Yeah, and first, first thing I wanted to start out with, though, is just to kind of acknowledge this, this energy pattern that's going on right now. And we observed a very strange phenomenon by Jupiter, and it's been unfolding. And, and it's taken, I think it's taken that long for this energy pattern to really kind of affect the Earth, right? And so mm-hmm. you'll see it show up in this thing called the Schumann Resonance. And and a lot of people ask me what that means, right? So I'm I'm just going to take a short segue in this. Now, the Schumann resonance is everything has a base frequency. All matter has a base frequency. All objects have a base frequency. All the organs in your body have a base frequency. Everything has a base frequency. The Earth's base frequency is 7.83. And we live and die by that because of the way we're biologically wired. In fact, they have to pump that into the space station in order to maintain sanity, Okay. So these are things we've learned in our space program, right? So it, it has been just completely off the charts, spikes of energy, and it, it certainly is going to affect your emotional health. It's going to affect your attitude. It's going to affect your um, your happiness level. It's going to affect sometimes even severely things like cardiac issues, things like that. So take it easy if you've got cardiac issues. You know, be care, take care of yourself, right? Take care of yourself. And it kind of segues into what you were talking about today in your video, which is where I'd like to start, which is the whole concept of rest. What does it mean to be in him? Okay? Because you'll see through the scriptures constant references to this concept of being in him. Right? And Jesus talked about, Yeshua talked about, I'll say Jesus just so people can understand because obviously his name was you know, wrong, but we'll say Jesus because most people identify with it, and he's very forgiving, trust me. And he and, and he constantly talked about this, of the word Sabbath. And it's been misinterpreted so horribly bad that it's time for us to kind of return to this concept because if you keep the Sabbath, you're promised life. You understand? So it's a very serious concept that you brought up today in your video, Derek, and I just wanted to start with that. Yeah, well, let me let me read to you, and this is um, uh, this is Matthew eleven, twenty five through thirty. So I'm just going to read this. 
It says, at that time, uh, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. The little children is you. The wise and understanding, he's being condescending here and saying wise and understanding as those that believe they're wise and those that believe they understand the truth. So everyone else in the world, aside from you, that once you learn these truths, you're learning to, to crawl and to walk again. Everything you're learning new. Everything in your life you're learning new. That's why this is difficult. Now, it continues. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. So no one knows, uh, no one knows the Son except the Father. That means no one knows the Son and you except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. So no one knows the Father, particularly the very specific connection that you have with the Father except you, the Son and you. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal. So when, when you're revealed these truths and the Son is awakened within you, then you know the Father. And then it says, the most important part, this relates to what we were just discussing. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest is the key word here. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, so you know what a yoke is. Um, yoke on oxen. You put a couple oxen in front of a, in front of a cart. So carrying the cart, his yoke is easy. So that yoke is next to that oxen. So you're next to him. So you're taking that. You're walking with him. He's walking with you so that you become the two. You become the son with the father within that same yoke. That that burden is light, that what you're pulling is light now as opposed to what you had when you were in labor and heavy laden. So to dump the ways of the world, dump the stresses of the world, when you recognize that this world and everything in it is worthless and that it all comes to end and that it is all destruction, that everything in this world, you know, Steve, you've spoken about this many times, that everything in this world is a death cycle. So there isn't anything that doesn't have an end. So for us laboring and having heavy laden with burdens around laboring for something that is in this world is a waste of your soul, a waste of your time, a waste of your spirit. Anything that you're doing that is, uh, that is in opposition to the love that the Father has is a waste. So that's where take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you need to be as well. Yeah, and I, I did a thesis on this back 30 years ago in Bible school. What does it mean to be in him? And it took 30 years for me to hear the answer, right? And the yeah. answer simply is, right, the, sim the answer is, is that we're disconnecting from this world and plugging into his world. And his world is an eternal life. Nothing dies around the Father, okay? So you, it's, it's such a change of reference that it just it, it creates a cognitive dissonance in us because we've never considered the concept of eternal life. And that's what's problematic about trying to understand these things. If you try to understand it from the old wineskin, which, um, which is the context of life-death cycle, the law, all of that stuff is the old wineskin, right? So if you try to put eternal life into that wineskin, it will explode. And that's why we have to go through these, these, these winnowing processes and these pruning processes and these 
trial by fire processes because what they do is they completely bring us to this sense of authenticity with the father. And that's all the father really requires from you, by the way. He only requires your honest of honest hearts. That's all he requires. And in that place is a place of rest. It's called the Sabbath. It's the idea of the Sabbath. On the seventh day he rested, you know, that, that's where we get it from. But the idea is that we rest in his creation, in his work. But remembering that we are aliens in an alien land right now. And that has been said through the Bible many times, okay, that metaphor, that when you wake up to the fact that this, that, to the fact that there's an eternal perspective to life, that there's an eternal science, there's eternal principles, there's eternal laws that we have simply not been turned on to properly because we've misunderstood. To be a great example, you turned me on to this Doreen Borat, right? And she was interpreting the Torah in a way I'd never heard before, but it was completely in sync with the way Jesus taught the Torah. Because he talked about, and also Paul reflected in when he was speaking from that side of his forked tongue, he was talking about the whole idea that we're this body. Hands, feet, the lower parts are not as honored as the higher parts. Those concepts, right? That's exactly the Torah, mm-hmm. my friends. That is the Torah that we would be a receptacle for the very life energy of the Father, God, Creator, as represented clearly in the man Jesus or Yeshua. Because if you look at him, you see the Father. And what did he tell you to do? He told you to rest. That's a command. That's a command. And what it means to rest in him is to trust in him. And I'll, let, I'll, I'll leave it from there, Derek. Sorry, I didn't mean to just go on and on. No, you can. Uh, I, I sit and listen to you. You should sit and listen to me. <laughs> I, I love listening to you, Doug. Um, yeah, the uh, you know, just so everybody knows, Steve and I talk probably every day, sometimes a couple times a day, and um, more just fellowship. And through it, we learn a tremendous amount, as always, because Steve is um, looks at things in a different way, brings them to me, and then they go through the filter that the Father's provided within my heart and. And what we end up getting out out of that, um, running the things that we've learned through each other's filter is always a beautiful revelation. So it is, um, and yeah, and we work through this whole thing, and and a lot of people are confused. And I know we're going to try to do questions tonight, but I know one question that comes up with my audience because, and I think it comes up in your audience too, because we've mentioned the Vesica Pisces, and we've mentioned things like torque fields that are based on a Vesica Pisces, and all these things that can be very confusing. But let, let, me just, let me just stop on that for a second and say, when we talk about the Vesica Pisces, it's a symbol of a, of a spiritual principle or a spiritual frequency, if you will, that is used to imprison the human race. That's how this whole death, death life cycle came to be. It was, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a system which feeds upon itself. That's why, we, that's why our biggest concern, and that of all animals in the animal kingdom, isn't love and higher purpose, but survival, okay? And that creates this whole need to work, to hunt. So it's a complete distraction of our complete being. So we completely forget about searching for the spiritual and things like that. That's why you see such a close spiritual connection with many native tribes around the world that have forsaken the world and stayed with a natural form of life. Now, I'm not saying that that's for everyone. 
I'm just saying to point to them as an example, that's why we see more, more, I think, true spiritual ideas coming from that part of the world. But that is now changing. It's coming into the West in a very big way. And it's, and it's represented in shows like this right now. But going back to that, that idea of eternal life, when you take from the line of eternal life one segment of the line out and you say, I will elevate myself above all creation and create my own kingdom, my own universe, my own way, right? That line, then, that has a, that has a fuse on it because you divide that thing in half and in half and in half. It's not eternal. It pretends to be eternal. It, it's beautiful still. Trees are beautiful. Animals are beautiful. People are beautiful. Everything is still a mere reflection of eternity, but it's not eternity. Eternity never, listen, this is true. This is truth, truth, truth. E- e- eternity, nothing dies in, the cre- in creation, in that part of creation, which we refer to commonly as heaven, okay? But heaven is a place that we can tap into in our current incarnation. What happens is, is though, is that we've had, and this is something I wanted to get to tonight, and I, I have so much on my heart about this. Sorry for going on and on, guys. I'll let Derek talk, I promise. No, here's go, the thing. go, go. Here's the thing. In that opening segment that Derek plays on his blog talk uh, broadcast, he talks about this whole process, and, and this is exactly what we're going through. We are going through the process of having to come to grips. Listen to me. It's a very difficult truth. We have to come to grips that we've been playing along with the system all along. We've capitulated. We surrendered ourselves to it. We've been caught up into this meat grinder, and it was by our choice. And coming to grips with that, that's the sin that we have to come to grips with. That's, the, 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 that's why we couldn't look up. We couldn't look up because we know in deep in our hearts how bad that bad is okay but here's the thing this is the miracle of the god this is the miracle that we've been that we've been trying to get across you can look up just come into the light and that means be completely authentic in the presence of the father go there honestly tell him everything honestly and re and he will reconnect with you and you won't see an angry father you won't see a guy that's got a switch in his hand. You're going to see a guy that's standing on a fence waiting for his son to come home. He will put your he will, you will come to him and you will still you're still going to go down on your knees and say, "What job will you give me, father?" And what does the father say to the prodigal son? He says, "Right. Go get my robe and put it on my son." And my ring, put it upon his finger. And my sandals upon his feet. Each of those are symbolic of us returning to our original glory in him. Back in the family, baby. Back at home. Back in the mansion. That's Listen where to you, you are. preach. That's, that's where you're going, man. That's, where, that's what we're doing here. But remember, remember the prodigal son had to come to his senses. And coming yeah, to your senses, coming to your senses to realize that everything that you see and have ever learned as a human was basically a lie, a half truth, a deception meant to manipulate you back into the matrix to keep you here forever. But that those days are Steve, over you for probably, you. 
you've probably heard me say, Steve, a number of times that I doubt everything, right? That's how that's how I get through, um, and that's how I discover these truths. That's how the Father is able to reveal things to me. Because if and let me just try to give you an example, is that when I look at a tree and I go, "Wow, that tree's beautiful," I immediately doubt that I'm seeing that tree for what it is. I go, that tree that I'm looking at through the filters of, of this flesh is not as beautiful as it is intended to be. I'm actually seeing a reduced version of it. And this is illustrated in um, the photon light, right, the, the parallel lines experiment, that when we look at something, we actually, through the observation, if anybody hasn't done, done this, look up the uh, photon light parallel light experiment where they shine a photon light through these two parallel light, uh, lines that look like an 11 and let the light shine through them. And when they're not being observed, it's just two parallel lines. looks like an 11 being shone on the back wall. But the minute that they're observed, they go wavy. It's evidence that – and we, uh, physicists, will say we're changing those lines. But I posit that we aren't actually changing them. It's that when we're observing them – we see them through corrupt eyes through this flesh, right? That they would see with new eyes and that they would hear with new ears and understand with their heart that we have to, we have to see things differently. We live in a three-dimensional world. And, and uh, I was having a discussion with some folks last night. I was saying, look, we live in a three-dimensional world. You've got four, five, six, seven dimensions. You've got other dimensions outside of these. We cannot see outside of a three-dimensional existence. If right now, Steve, if, if our eyes and, and our minds could open up and look into and see a fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh dimension, um, I would be in a room full of a lot of more, a lot more people than just myself right now. And so would you, and so would everyone else. So it, because in these other dimensions, the things that are, they actually exist, we cannot see them in this. The faith that you have when you're in the Father is that you begin to connect with those other dimensions. You begin to connect with other people that, are, that exist in that dimensional space. We just can't see them. And, um, and, in this, and in this world that we live in right now, particularly with what's taking place, just like we were talking about this energy today, that this has such a profound impact on us, and then we and our negative energy has an impact on the other dimensional um, elements to this. So your negativity can impact other people and is. This is why you have to battle every single time to avoid that. Now, somebody asked a question a little earlier. Let me try to scroll through this. Um, uh, it says, uh, what does it mean? Uh, the question was, what does it mean when we say try to rest, yet the more we try, the more negativity and the enemy comes at you? So, I want to address this because, the, as I said, that I look at a tree and I doubt it. Okay, so I even doubt the negative energy. That doesn't mean that it's not there. But I don't give in to it. I don't allow that negative energy to manifest in any way, shape, or form. So this is where you have rest. That somebody could walk by me and call me names and, and be glaring at me. I won't even acknowledge that they even exist, much less acknowledge what they said. It, it's the most empowering thing that you can do don't you, to not even let the, 
the negativity impact you. It's the only way that you can get through those days and just simply turn away. That's what repentance means. It means to turn away. So every single day you're dying to yourself. It's the daily dying, and every single day you repent. You repent from that anger. So repentance doesn't mean, oh, please forgive me. Repentance means turning away from it, literally ignoring it. Why would you acknowledge something that doesn't exist, that doesn't mean anything to you? So my point right. is, is if you if you walk by if you walk by a a fake quarter on the ground and you can see it, it's a fake quarter. Why would you even stop to pick it up? Why would you acknowledge anything in your life that has no positive impact on you? Why would you acknowledge somebody saying something nasty about you? Why? Who cares? They have right. no and impact on you. I, 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 I routinely say, Steve, when somebody says, when they go, man, that guy said something to me and they really made me angry, I immediately go, the second that you allowed that person to change your mood over something that they said, you made them God. You literally made that person God. You have placed them on the throne, and they have command over you. Don't give right. the you enemy could... command for you. Don't give him the throne. Don't sacrifice the throne. That's what – hold fast to what you have lest someone take your crown. Do not ever let anything take it. Right. Well, let's take this – now let me take this from another angle, okay? Um, so we're talking about rest, right? But what, 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 what we have been taught in the, like, you know, in the Protestant, Catholic, you know, Christianity, you know, and religion and spirituality is that we're supposed to be fighting. And I'm telling you in this spiritual truth, there is a type of warfare that we'll get into later. But right now, what I want you to focus on is to rest is to stop fighting. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Why do you think he said that? Do you think he was just blowing smoke? No. He was saying, turn the other cheek, because he said you would be so restful that somebody could slap you on the face, and you just turn and give him the other one. Stop fighting. Yeah. That's not how you fight this battle. This warfare is different. The weapons of your warfare because are not you, you never win. You never you win. win. Steve, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that I say when, when, when somebody's debating something and they, and they want to argue. First of all, particularly about, uh, about Christian matters or scriptural matters. So when I say something and somebody wants to argue about it, right, the only reason they want to argue about it is because what I said destroyed their little temple. So if they have a false belief system so, – so, Steve, if I said to you, you know, if you had a uh, if you had a, a a purple bracelet on your arm, right? You know that it's a purple bracelet. It's on your arm because you bought it. And I said to you, Steve, you don't have a purple bracelet on your arm. Would you argue with me, or would you just look at the purple bracelet and go, whatever? Because I, I, I would see get, it. It's there. I know. Yeah, I you, would just you say know whatever, what it is, there. right? <laughs> whatever you want. The only, <laughs> exactly. The only reason you would debate that is if I actually made you doubt that it was purple or that it was a bracelet at all, right? So what an, then what you an go, a, what wait, an wait. What's that? No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just amazing. So what happens is, is when you say something about Scripture that makes somebody doubt what they previously believed, their temple that, that they had built 
has, has had a stone removed. Remember that Christ said, you see all of these things pointing to all the temples, and he said there will not be one stone not thrown down. He was going to destroy all the false ideas that these physical temples had manifest into temples. So the same thing right. applies for the negativity as well. The same concept exactly applies right. that don't argue it. It doesn't exist. It's meaningless. So why react to it? If you're in the truth, if you're in the Father and you know and you're in this system and you know that you live in this system and you know that everything is meaningless, it's meaningless. In the end, you can't take any of your you, – you don't take any of your anger or any of, any of the physical aspects of what you have in this life. None of that is, is valuable where you're headed. None of that is valuable right. to who you actually are. So why be upset about it? Why focus on it? Why, why even spend 30 seconds of your day focused on obtaining something? Right. Well, and be again, comfortable, this is a, be not comfortable. Right. But this. So let me take this again from another angle. Right. So, so we talk about this. There's a psychological term called cognitive dissonance. Okay. And this, the way you're going to react to when somebody takes one of those bricks down off your temple, is explained not only in from a spiritual perspective. This is cognitive dissonance explained spiritually. And what's going to happen is you're going to have a reaction. I did. Derek, did you when you first started learning this stuff? Oh, yeah. You're going to react. You react. You're like, oh, no way. That can't be true. That is absolutely not true. I, you know, you'll fight. You'll, you know, and I, I had it. I did it. I went through it. Okay, I get it. It's a natural reaction when somebody takes a brick out of your wall, out of your temple. That's what you're going to do at yeah. first. And it gets easier over time as that temple comes down piece by piece, brick by brick, and it's gone. Each piece starts to disappear. It gets easier and easier. Until you're finally down to nothing but a foundation. And that's where he'll build you back up again. But it's like... And that is the white stone with, the, with your new name written on it. That he rebuilds right. your temple, the cornerstone that the builders rejected, the builders of the world rejected, becomes you. That white stone has a new name, your name, your name now being, if, you're, if your name is David then your name is David Christ, right? You know who you are. This is a new name written on that stone, and that is the cornerstone of the temple, of the temple of the truth that you are learning, that you are learning and establishing within yourself. Right. Right. So, so, any, so I, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I wonder if there's any other questions that Bob could say here. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, maybe we should uh, go to some calls. I know that I have, I have a few people that I definitely want to take their calls. I had, I had uh, spoken to them and wanted to, uh, to bring them onto the show. But, um, Steve, do you want to, uh, if you've got the uh, panel up there, do you want to grab a caller and uh, take? I'm dialed in because, uh, for some reason, my Mac doesn't let me do the, the, the command board there, Derek. I'm so sorry. But, um, you no, know, no, no I, problem. I will st- I will I will grab one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to, uh, and I know I know he's on. Ray, so I'm going to go to Ray. Ray, you're on with Steve and Derek. Hey, how are you? Uh, Good. How are you, Derek? How are you, Steve? Very very good. I'm actually really glad to be on. I hope you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you great. Can you hear him, Steve? Yes, I can. Great. All right, so So, um, I guess you you have a question. 
I do. I have a question in relation to actually what you were just speaking. Um, you were talking about anger, and uh, one thing I will testify to is that I I come from a lot of anger. Uh, you could basically mm-hmm. I, I compare myself to Peter. Um, very full mm-hmm. of anger. I, I I'm the kind of person who will immediately uh, see something that's not righteous, you know, and I'll get mad about it. Uh, and but I must say though that in the last while I've been getting a lot better, and it's because of Father, and it's it's incredible. So uh, anybody listening that feels lots of anger inside, know that uh, it will go away. Uh, it can, because it it does for me. Now my question is though is that I would like if you could uh, talk a little bit about uh, homosexuality because I am a gay man. Uh, I know that I am because I'm attracted to the same sex and that's just how I am. And uh, I am married. I have a husband. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I really like to hear. You know, I, I don't hear much about it from the aspect yep. of Christ. And I would love to hear about it uh, from your aspect. And I just want to let every other person listen out there that as a person who is gay, uh, Father loves you. He does. There's no doubt about that. He loves so if it. you're a gay person, yeah. If you're, yeah. If you're a gay person listening everyone. and you've heard it otherwise, because you have heard it otherwise, I know you've heard it otherwise from people. I know you have because I have. So anybody listening that's gay, just father loves you. Well, for, he loves well, first of like all, let said, me. He loves everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Ray, let me uh, let me ad- address a couple of things now. When this is the, the problem with comment sections in, in YouTube where, you know, we, as I've said many times, we've become the Burger King generation where we think that, you know, we deserve the answer in five minutes or less. Um, these answers are lifetime answers, and you have to go to the root of things in order to address that question. So I've been asked that question in the comment section and thinking, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a 150 pages of explanation. So, but let me first explain this. The Father understands where you're at right here. Everybody listening. The Father understands why you do the things you do because you're wearing this flesh. The Father understands that you are in the enemy's world because you're wearing this flesh. The Father understands that you are broken here, and he is calling on you to deny the ways of the world and to accept his ways. Now, this is primarily everything within the New Testament is spiritual. Everything that Christ speaks of is a spiritual understanding of where you come from. Now, there are a lot of different uh, variations and a lot of different things that come into your situation, Ray, that first and foremost, I'm going to say that the foundation of the Father is love. Okay? So, love is his. End of story. The enemy can't love. He only hates. The enemy um, the uh, the enemy lies, the enemy murders. He is all of those things. So he doesn't contain any of the Father, which is the inverse of him. So you, you can't deny that love is from the Father, first and foremost. Second of all, we have such a demented system in this world. It's such a broken system that the the worst the worst relationships I've ever witnessed in my life are between a man and a woman, and the greatest relationships I've ever witnessed in my life were people that were of the same sex. Why? One primary reason. Now, I'm not saying one, one way or the other just yet. I'm going to let you understand the Father's perspective on, on this. 
the reason why I've seen stronger gay marriages than I have heterosexual marriages is because gay marriages, they have already been persecuted. They have already been castigated for their, for their, uh, uh, for their feelings. They are separated. They have endured and chastised by the world time and time and time again. So they have, they have already gone through a refinement that is required for you to find the Father. The refined by fire burns out the impurities and makes you realize that this world is broken. It is much easier for a gay couple to understand this world is broken because the, the gay couple, the person that, that is, like you said, you're attracted to the opposite sex. Now, who, first of all, if we know now and we do know that we've all lived mul- multiple lives and we've been through this Vesca Pisces system many, many times. So who am I to judge who you've been in the past? Who am I to judge what particularly during this time where we have a compression of these a compression of these past lives where people are starting to feel and remember different portions of their past? Who am I to judge who you were two lives ago, three lives ago, 15 or 20 or 100 lives ago? Right? That you I could have been female in 20 different lives. You don't always come back as the, as the same sex, right? So this is um, – I don't get to determine that. Uh, that's one portion. There's another portion. There's another piece. In the beginning, the first creation of us was an androgynous being, was male and female. So the whole point of – if you read the Nagamati text and you read the, uh, the Gospel of Philip – you're going to read very much that separation of the female from the man is what brought death. That even Christ refers to the angels as not giving themselves in marriage because they're basically both. They're both male and female. So we're constantly trying to trying to get back to get back to our origins. So if somebody is looking for their soulmate, I don't get to determine who is who. Now the church. And the world. Remember that Father says, the word says that if the world exalts it, I despise it. Right? So if man thinks it's great, then the Father has a problem with it. So the inverse, as above, so below, on earth as it is in heaven, or Christ saying truly, truly, the inverse is also true. So if the inverse is also true, that means that if God, if man if if man despises it, then God probably likes it. Now, I'm not saying that God says, hey, homosexuality is perfect or homosexuality is great. What I'm telling you is look beyond the world, look beyond what the world has said, and I don't get to judge love. I can't judge you loving another person. I don't care what sex. I can tell you personally that I've had heterosexual men come to me and go, I don't know what's happened. But I'm in love with you. I don't want to have sex with you, but I'm in love with you. And they go, I, I just want to be around you all the time. And I, to me, I could be with you 24-7. You could be my mate, though they didn't have the attraction from a sexual perspective, but they had the attraction from a spiritual perspective. So that's where things begin. I don't get to judge your sin in this world. I don't get to judge that. The scriptures speak about when it talks about um, that the sexual act, the sex, the act of sexual immorality. But here's the reality of this: sexual immorality, scripturally, is any deviation 
from the true value that the Father offers. Because there's the bride and the bridegroom. That's the marriage of you and the Spirit of God. That's the marriage. So any deviation from marrying and accepting the true value that the Father offers and accepting the value that the enemy offers is sexual immorality, according to Scripture. For us to specify it and for the world to focus on it in a Vesica Pisces system, of course the enemy is going to have a real problem with it because you're not going to be producing babies out of a male-male marriage, and that's, this is, this is a, a, a sheep harvesting system. You're not producing sheep. You're not doing very good. So there are so many elements, and I could go on for days about this, Ray, days about how I don't get to judge. There are way too many components to this, and if I judge you for that, then I have to judge myself for all sin because there is no such thing as sinning partially here and partially over there. There is no such thing as a sin that is greater than a, another sin. Sin is sin. Any acceptance well, of, the, of the world is sin. Yeah, and I, I, I would come at it from a different perspective, or just a different angle, like I do, Derek, right? So I would come at it from the angle of, of that the whole system that we're in, the reproductive system itself, reproductive system itself, the whole idea of reproduction is the Vesica Pisces, is sin. The sin symbol in Hebrew, if you remember from a couple episodes ago, was the, was the symbol for procreation. So to define a human being by their sexual preferences is like it, it's, it's, it, you're trying to judge them against the backdrop of the, of the, of the big problem. And that is just ridiculous. So the point is that at the end of the day, we're all born from the sin system. If you're born through a vagina, that is the that is the that is the host body system, okay? And so anything about our sexuality, sexuality can go away, my friend. It's not going to be a part of 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 what happens when we're one back one with uh, Yeshua, because he's calling his bridegroom home in a metaphorical sense. But what that really means is that he lost his twin flame. His twin flame is actually him. It's his other half, right? And that's what we are. He's caught, That's the bridegroom. So where are we going to find that other half in our lives and how that all plays out in our lives? Look, man, stay out of it. You will get in big trouble. At the end of the book of John, Jesus, Peter, when he was, like, looking over at John and saying, what about John? And Jesus was like, don't you pay any attention to John? I deal with John. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I yeah. identify with Peter because I'm the kind of person that feels this as if I have to make those comments in my life. Right. Well, we're all Peter. We're all, we're all Peter, just like the characters. We're all Peter at one time. We're all we're Judas at one time. Yes. All these characters, all these apostles are there to show us all the different things that every human being, we're like, we're like them in every sense, guys. We are like them in every yes. way. Every mistake, everything that they've done, that's us. Go ahead, Derek. Yes, and, and, there, and it's no accident that there's 12 apostles and that there are um, uh, that we have twelve astrological signs, right? You could you could bet your bottom dollar you could bet your bottom dollar that that uh, Peter was most likely a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> or a well, Scorpion. I'm an I'm an Aries, I'm an Aries, so <laughs> no. And again, and you know, I, I how how did your uh, Mike? I'm curious, how does your partner feel about all the things that you're going through right now? Well, this is an interesting thing, is he's in Christ. But he has never um, 
he's definitely in Christ. But it's, it's an interesting thing, though. He's never gone to church. He doesn't pick up the Bible. He just he understands it and he knows it. He's so together when it comes to that. Nothing angers him. Nothing bothers him. He's just he's got it. He doesn't think about it, and that's what he rests. He, he gets it. He doesn't get himself involved in all the man-made stuff of rules. Because Jesus would say today, and I tell this to people, you know how he said the synagogue of Satan? He would say the chapel of Satan today. And I tell people that. I say the chapel of Satan or the, the, you know, the cathedral of Satan because it's no different. When he was saying the synagogue of Satan, he would say your church system is a whole screwed up mess. And it's wrong. Well, the other big yeah. problem yeah. that I have with any, any conversation like this, the big problem I have is, what makes you think the Father's trying to find reasons to reject us? Well, why what, would he? He loves right. Why? Why? What, why? What, what makes you think that he's trying to reject you? You know, this is this because this is again you reflecting when you come against a gay brother and you say and you say the horrible things that you say to them. You know what's happening there, right? What's happening is you're having to deal with the fact that he is in Christ and you can't deal with it. The cognitive dissonance kicks in. But listen, I've you don't it. get yeah. You I've don't said get to, it. You, yeah, because I was an evil person when I, I, I actually have a son. So I've gone through a whole bunch of series of things in my life. <laughs> right. And I, pretended, I pretended to be somebody, and I was very awful to other gay men. I beat them up. I was a horrible, horrible person. You know, um, and uh, that's the thing, too. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, that's interesting. I'm so let's sorry. Think about that. Let's, I'm let's so sorry to say that. that. Like, I'm second. such a horrible no, person. No, 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 like, no, no, I was, no, no. I, I used to be really mean, really listen, mean. Listen to me. And I, like, listen I was to me. a high school jock. I was that guy. Yeah, listen to me. <laughs> this, this is so father-like, just so you can, just so you know what I just picked up on. Right? So, so what does the father do to you to deal with all this anger and hatred and everything like that? You're gay deal with it. Oh, it humbled me with, uh, with right. something like that. It all humbled me well. And it turned me into like this testosterone-filled gay. So I don't even fit in the mold of gay. And other gays hate me. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's an interesting situation because I try to tell them that Jesus loves them and God loves them and they're like, no, no, no they don't. They hate me. It's like, no, that's not true. You know, and you just, you're just like, that's not true. And that's only all you can do is you can just be like, love me, you know, and I'm just like you. So, you know, and then you just, that's all you can and, do. And I, blame the, and, and I blame the church for that. Oh, right? so I blame do I. the church so do for I. that. And this, and this is where I have a problem, is that the church, it's, it's the same thing. See, this is no different to me than the church um, going after a young couple and telling them that they're living in sin. A heterosexual couple, okay? That this is a control element of this world, that the church and the laws of the church that they've established is a control mechanism over everything you are. Look, Christ was saying that they took the kingdom by force, okay? And remember, the kingdom is within you. So they have taken the kingdom within you by force. Remember that. That everything of the kingdom within you, they've taken it over by force, telling you how to think, telling you how to live, telling you what is a sin, telling you what isn't a sin. When the father said, seek him first, and I'll tell you, right? He'll teach you. Let him teach you. This is the whole point. Christ was begging you to hear his words because he was telling you to separate yourself from all of these things. This is precisely why he was washing the washing the feet um, 
of the apostles naked. Now, I've had just oh, to give you an idea of how boy. little. There was a naked boy. There was a naked boy. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry to interrupt. But there's a, as soon as it's in Luke, there was a naked boy who ran away when Jesus had gotten arrested. And that was what made me realize that Father loved me because there was a boy that was naked and Jesus didn't care. And not that they were doing anything. It's just that there was a boy that was naked and Jesus didn't care. And that was honestly the part of scripture that made that 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 struck me and almost knocked me on my feet. I think it's in yeah. Luke. See, that's that's what I mean. He shattered everybody's taboos. The taboos I that thought, he why established. Is it yeah, he so, he the shattered the taboos. we live in is a taboo. This whole world is a yeah. taboo, man. Get over it. You got to understand that we're living in a system that is fallen from head to toe. So. Father isn't looking for reasons to reject us because he could – if I was going to take that basis, I could reject every single person that's listening to this broadcast tonight based on something that you could come up with that the Father would be mad about. But really, that's not the case. He's looking for reasons to accept everyone. And, and when, you, when, you, when I hear your story, what I'm hearing is, is I'm hearing a teacher teaching you through who you are, through that being that you are, this incarnation that you are right now, and using these things to teach you deep truth. That's what I'm hearing right now. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, yeah, I would say that you're right on account of uh, there's not a lot of – I don't have a lot of presence around me for people. I don't really go to a church. I'm not really that kind of person. I'm very quiet. I just like to just do my thing and try to stay out of trouble. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's my, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here, here's anyway. the reality of what we're discussing. Here's the reality, guys, of what we're discussing. John 4:23, it says, but it says, but the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. He doesn't say that He's seeking people to worship Him in the temple. He doesn't say He's seeking people to worship them at that church down the street. He's not saying, hey, go worship the Father down there with Joel Osteen. He's saying to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, the amazing thing is Christ kept telling you and talking to you about truth. Now, everybody that is paying attention to the word today, everybody in the church today is, is first of all, the Christians come and attack me because I've said that the, that the uh, God of this world is, is the enemy, and he's this God of the Old Testament, right? But yet Christ says that continuously through the, through the New Testament, then they say that they follow Christ. When he says things like this, when he's defying who it is, when he's defying the temples, when he's breaking every single taboo, that's why if you read uh, the ancient, uh, some of the ancient scriptures and some of the other writings of that time, they called Jesus the – they called him the evil priest. He was, he was considered evil at the time. Because he was shattering these taboos. And to, and to finish what I was saying earlier about the church looking at a young couple that is living together. So they're living together. They love each other. And the church castigates them and says, you're living in sin. Because the church didn't marry them. Even though marriage is love. Because the father doesn't go to a building. There isn't some type of principality, some municipality that marries you. There is no municipality. So the point is, if love is marriage, and you're married because you love the other person, then you're married. It doesn't matter. Marriage is love. I don't get to decide 
what love is. I don't get to determine. None of us do. And in this broken world, love is love. And this is why we have a problem. When you hear people saying, I just love my iPhone. I love, love, love. They literally take pictures of their phones. and they, it, it, It's crazy how much people love things. And they literally do love them more than they love people. They love them more than they love their brothers and sisters. They love money. They love the marriage, the sexual immorality that I was speaking of is any violation. That violation, anything that you love in this world, anything is a violation. If you love the Father and you love him, just like it says, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Love your brother. These are the most important commandments. Love your brother. I don't care how you love them. Just love them. Again, it comes back it, it comes back to this whole, you know, you do realize that Jesus said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Pharisees actually. <laughs> don't forget the scribes. So he said, Beware of the leaven and what was he talking about? He was talking about exactly this prism that religious people see the world through, which is they believe that the world is perfect and that they are fallen. They are, that they're the fallen part of creation. We're the mess ups, you know, we're the, the F ups, you know, we're the, you know, everything is about how everything about this huge prison system is then blamed on the prisoners. Okay. And that prism is exactly the prism of religion. Even karmic principles, new age principles are completely wrong because if, if it's about karma, I'll never get off this rock because I'm always going to do something to build up karma or I'm always going to sin or do something that's unacceptable to the point where I'm going to be rejected. That prism causes that behavior because what you're going to do is you're going to eat yourself alive. If you think that this is it, that this is the only thing there is, then you will eat yourself alive. It goes back to the eternal principle again. Eternity doesn't ask these questions, people. It doesn't. Eternity just loves. Eternity just gives. Eternity just flows and flows and flows. It has nothing to do with this stuff. They want to keep your mind and your eye off of eternity. They want you to judge based on this very, very poor representation of heaven, which is this very, very fallen, death-like, vesicopisis, whole body system. And if you're judging based on anything in this model, you're going you're gonna to come up dirt. You're going to come up dirt. You have to judge yep. with spiritual eyes. And here's what the spiritual eyes would say. When you have a difficult question like this, you judge it by its fruit. <laughs> Don't want to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Don't want to no hear that, intended. do you? No, no pun intended, right? Yeah, no pun yeah. intended, my my gay friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. I have. I, first, I have. I really we all have family members. Really, really. I've got. I've, I've got family members that are gay. Okay, I have a son that is gay. Okay, you you mean to tell me that I'm supposed to reject my son, dude? This is the this is what you're trying to tell the father exactly. Just use yeah. the metaphor of Steve Olson, the heterosexual, and his gay son. And what you're basically doing is you're walking into the middle of that relationship and you're telling Steve Olson, the father, to hate his son, Christopher. <laughs> Good luck with that, bro. Yeah. You'll never get me to stop loving my son. Ever. 
for anything, ever. And and, and, you, and you, you know, you get your nose, you get your nose in that, you might get a black eye. Hey, I, I agree. My son actually, I just found out, has uh, failed some courses in his schooling, and I don't hate him for it. He's gonna learn. So, I, I totally, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. <laughs> It's not even to say well, Ray, that it's a failure Ray, or not. It's just that you have no right to get in between a father and his son. Absolutely. None, none don't. whatsoever. <laughs> you don't. Well, Ray, I yeah. appreciate I appreciate you calling. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to grab uh, some other uh, folks coming in here. Where, cause, uh, oh we, yeah, no, absolutely. But I appreciate I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk again. And. Um, I will probably end up uh, doing a video focused on this. I, I think I had uh, emailed you and told you that I wanted to do a video that was focused on uh, focused on this subject matter because I think it's it's incredibly important. And just like with everything else, when when the world shuns it, so when we're trying to build a wall and lock out, you know, people because we've made them uh, we've made them the outcasts, right? We've said, oh, they're illegal aliens. We've we've created something that says. We're trying to create a separation. Well, that's an right. economic thing, but I always think that there's something more to that. I also think that there's a reason why that, that nobody really gives a crap that we've got young black males killing each other. Literally, they're becoming extinct. So what is the enemy trying to hide in those people south of the border, and what is the enemy trying to hide within the young black males? So everything. And what is the enemy trying to hide in homosexuality? What is this? What I, this is this is when I tell you that I look at everything differently, everything. I I cannot accept it. If the world frowns upon it, I go why why do they frown upon it? I'm gonna find the truth about it because in the reality is the narrow gate and fewer those that find it is because people have bought into the world. They've bought into what the majority of the people say is acceptable in the world. Precisely what Christ did. He said, forget about the world. Die to yourself. Deny your flesh. Deny everything you think. Look, I'm naked and washing your feet. I saw a little naked boy running, right? All of these things. And there are more stories that I will get into, folks. There are more things that when you understand the details of the situations uh, that Christ was dealing with, that they have not written because it was so shunned. He shattered, uh, shattered things. He did things, even from a sexual perspective, to show people, to show people that what you think is sin is only a mechanism of the systems that they've created. And another example of that would be the Pharisees, how, how Christ was out healing the lepers, right? These people didn't actually have leprosy, but the Hebrews used leprosy because the, uh, within, the book, uh, within the book of laws, within the Torah, it explains where they could judge, the priests would judge whether somebody had leprosy or not. Because they lived in they lived in an encampment, right? So they couldn't they had to be able to judge whether somebody should be removed from the people or not. They turned this into a law outside of the situation of that encampment, right? Those people were all very very close. So, so for instance, if you're in prison, somebody gets sick, you better isolate them pretty quick because you don't have any privacy. You're crapping together, you're showering together, you're sleeping in the same in the same rooms. That will go through that prison very quickly, and everybody will be sick. So you need to separate them quickly. Well, they took that law and they advanced upon it because basically the instruction says if there's a white dot and it has a little bit of browning around the outside, so it became very subjective, then that person has leprosy and should be cast out of the and, and should be moved outside the camp. 
Well, the Hebrews took that a step further. If they didn't want you in the temple and they didn't want you part of the financial system and they and you weren't contributing to it, you weren't wealthy, you weren't out there doing the work that they wanted you to do. Well, they would see a dot on your arm, call you a leper, and then you had to move across the river and live out in tents. So this is the whole point. When they were coming and they'd say, please make me clean, Christ being a rabbi said, you're clean. Now go in and show them that you're clean. So the point being is that he was stirring that up so heavily, he was sending these people that had been cast out, these undesirables, back to the temple to show themselves that they were clean to the priest. So he was, let's just say, he was not easy. He was pissing off every single system within the governmental body at the time, within the power structure. And so he was yeah, doing look everything, at, look and at leprosy. so much more. No. Yeah, look at leprosy as a metaphor, though, right? So leprosy in the Old Testament was incurable. They had to go across the river. It's over for them. They're banished. Yeah. Okay? But look what Jesus does. He touches the leper. He shattered the metaphor. Leprosy is the sin we have. It is a disease that you cannot be cured from without a touch from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> again, and, again, these are how many different, different layers of truth are within single lines within the word. That there are multiple layers of truths. When somebody says, no, it means this, that's just naive to think that, to think that it is such, a profound, such profound words. This is why I always marvel, and I go, you have no idea how good Christ actually was. The fact that these words are structured in such a way that there are thousands of variations of truth to the very single line, and all of them are true. Every single one of them are true. So when somebody, somebody in a church today wants to stand on a, on a belief system or an understanding of a scripture, don't tell them they're wrong. Go, you might be right, but also this is right. You we don't just get proved to it by just what is true. Yeah, yeah we just – and, and, you know, Derek and I can take that verse. I'm convinced if we had that for a day, we could, we could come up with 20 more that are equally legitimate. But here's something I wanted to bring up. I want to talk about sexual immorality versus what we're talking about, okay? We're not – I'm not anyway. I'm not saying sexual – being a lascivious individual is the way to go. I'm not saying go out and just bang anything that you see. Here's why. Falling deeply into the trap of the Vesca That's being controlled by your reproductive organ. You see what I'm saying? You're being controlled by the very instrument that's being used to destroy us. It can't get any worse than that, Okay. So sexual immorality, which is, to, which is to have sex outside of a spiritual context in trying to reconnect with your twin flame, is really a very dangerous endeavor, my friend. <laughs> and I'm saying yeah, you're never going to – Yeah, and it's yeah, far Steve, too and, prevalent and, and here's in the homosexuality a, area too. Yeah, and see, but this is, this is what I say. The law of God, the law of God is very, very simple. Right there, it's a single law. Ten commandments are ten different ways of explaining the same law. As I've said many times, that it's it's about not taking what isn't yours. So anything that you've done where it's taking something, right? It, that it, it's not given in love. So the point being is, if you're not in love and you're having sex, it doesn't matter whether you whether you have a document from the state or the church. If you're having sex and you don't love your wife. You're still sinning. The church doesn't determine sin. You do. You're the one creating it. 
So the point is, is that you're taking something from that person that isn't yours because you don't love them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you, that, that you've got that document. It's irrelevant, and that's why a, a marriage that that is based in um, in the idea of oh well he's wealthy and people pressured me into it and I'm not going to get better. That that entire marriage, whether you have a certificate or not, is sinful because you don't love each other. So you're taking, and that person is taking. It becomes a take take situation. A true marriage of love is a giving, giving. You're giving love, they're giving it to you. That's an equal balance. Everything is balanced. That is the truth. That's the belt of righteousness. The belt of righteousness is, is balance. The balance being, of everything it's, in it's this the world. Idea, yeah, it's the, the idea is being connected to your other half, right? That's the true idea of the bride and the bridegroom that Christ represents in the idea of the church and the bride and all that, right? So it's just being reconnected to your twin flame. And, and, and again, guys, never hear any of these things when we talk about taboos or anything like that as a license to go and be, you know, living completely from and based on the passions and desires of your flesh. That is not what we're saying. Absolutely not. You will have a miserable existence if you do that. I guarantee it. I tried it. <laughs> it doesn't work. And the only, really, I, the, only, the only thing you can do, and this is the other thing, too, a lot of everybody, everybody has fallen, everybody's fallen short, all that. Okay, we get that, okay? But everybody is, every, all of us are learning truth at these different paces again. And this goes back to rest and trust in the fact that the Father's working in Derek. So if Derek, my friend, my dear friend, if there's something I see in you that I think is, is off or isn't right or whatever, I might address it with you, I might not, because I trust the Father enough to deal with it. And if you put that on, a, on the scale of 7 billion people or 8 billion people, everybody's at a different level, and everybody experiences God from their insides, okay? Nobody can experience that for you, right? And so here's the two positions that we have in, is as saints, okay? And a saint is somebody who's returned to his original blueprint. That's what it means. So as saints, the only thing I can do, there's two things I can do. Either I can pull you up, or I need to be pulled up. There is no other place you can be in Christ. So if you're looking at the person that's three plateaus below you, and you're screaming at them because they got gunk all over their face, what kind of saint are you? Come on, man. It's your job to pull them up. It's your job to find a way to get them off level one and up to level three with you. And then you're going to look up and you're going to see people that are much more spiritually mature than you. As you continue to grow, you're going to run into entities and beings, like Derek was talking about, that are going to blow your mind. They're all going to be trying mm-hmm. to pull you up. Brother, whenever I touch out and I see an angel in the spirit, they're always ministering to me. They're always trying to pull me out of the muck. They're always trying to bring me to the next thing. Never do I get, Steve, you're an asshole. Never. Never. Now, what I doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. But will I be convicted of things? Yeah, because look, man, the Father in me is not going to let me go hurting people, man. It's it's just simple as that. You're not going to be allowed to go hating on your brothers because that murders them. You with me? Yeah, and the so, conviction the conviction that you speak of, Steve. You know what I like in that too is if you walk into a room filled with a hundred people that are all dressed in black clothing and you're wearing red clothing 
you're going to be convicted of that red clothing. You're going to be like, wow, I stand out like a sore thumb, right? The same applies to being when, when all of a sudden you're in the spirit and you're around the Father and you're around the angels that are ministering to you. You're going to be convicted of the sin that you have, the things that you hold against yourself. And that's where that, – and that self-conviction isn't there to, to give guilt, but be aware. The enemy will use that moment immediately to try to make you feel guilt, and guilt is not of the Father. You use that conviction of being separated from that. That's where it says being sanctified, right? Being separated from the world. That's where repentance comes from. You go, wow, and immediately begin to forgive yourself for those things held against you. Don't let the enemy make an, uh, uh, be an accuser against you and allow that to impact you because then that draws out of you the negative energy. You immediately got to throw that over the cliff. You have to repent right. from that. And let me just let me just yeah let me just finish because um, uh, we're going back to the sexual immorality piece and I just wanted to make because this is also um, another component that I think is going to be important for everybody to recognize in this because I believe that everybody in this world has a as sexual issues everybody um, and uh, either you have them or have had them somebody is raped somebody in your family, somebody's abused you, sexually abused, whatever the case, everything is a take. Now, think about this. As I've spoken of many times that we live in this currency-based system, a debt system, where everything is a debt, and we've become the thing that we um, – we've become the money system. We have become the value system of the monetary system. So what we have is now currency. So sex to everybody has become a currency. A wife holds it in currency against the husband. The husband holds it as a currency, says, you owe me that. And she says, no, no, you haven't done this. I'm keeping it from you. So again, you have this debt-based system where it is now a currency against somebody. You have sex with somebody. Now, you have sex with someone, and that person now uses it as a weapon because they gave you something. Forget about you having sex with them that you gave them something too. No, no, no. They're going to hold it against you because that is the enemy. So when, when we say that you will know them by their fruits, you will know them by how easily they are willing to adopt the enemy system, how easily a Christian is willing to adopt the enemy, the God of this world within the Old Testament scriptures that is wrathful. The minute you have anger at somebody, you'll recognize the enemy of the Old Testament is my God because I'm angry and I'm wrathful, so I want to worship that God. We have picked the God that closest reflects who we actually are inside in this physical being. We have to dump the physical that is attracted to that God that hates and that is wrathful and vengeful. And that God from the Old Testament, think about this, the God that says, I am a jealous God. Let me just ask you this question, and you ask any other Christian this question if they have opposition to anything that you say. You ask them, so your God is omnipotent. Your God is everything. He is loving, all merciful. He is all of these things. He created all of this, and he needs to be jealous? What could he possibly be jealous of? He's losing money. Just ask him that question. What could he possibly be jealous of? Yeah, so he's a jealous God because exactly so what we go to, and this will wrap this up with Ray. Ray, the whole point is 
the enemy of this world definitely doesn't like homosexuality because you've taken money away from his currency. You've broken his system. You're not going to be producing little babies that he gets to feed off of. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, not anymore. All right, so let's, no. all right, well, I thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to answer that, and I'm sorry for other people who are waiting. I'm going to get off the phone. And, again, Derek, I'm really sorry for getting blocked on YouTube by profanities. And sorry to those people because I'm kind of one of those people and I'm working on it. All right, thank you. <laughs> Love you both. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so <laughs> let's go to the next question. Thanks for calling, Bray. Yeah, let's yeah let's go. Uh, so, uh, um, I think that was important, Steve, to for us to to you know to take that and get into that subject matter because I've been asked about it a lot, and uh, so to be able to cover that on here, I think is important. Um, let's. Um, uh, we've got a lot of callers on here, folks. I'm sorry. We have 43 minutes left. I'm going to just so to precursor it, let's um, let's try to keep it to just a, a couple minutes and try to get to as many of these questions as we possibly can. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, try to get to one of the people that have been holding the longest. Uh, I don't have a name for this one. It is um, area code. Uh, area code seven six zero seven zero eight is the number seven six zero seven zero eight. You're on with Steve hello? and Derek. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes, hello. Um, Who do you have on? Um, uh, brother Derek. Yes. Um. Um. Do you, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's your name? Um. My name is Cruz. I'm twelve years old. Um, remember the comment that the uh, guy named Sean put in your one of your videos that you made recently, one today. Um, I I I don't recall, but do you have a question? Uh, yeah, I have a few. Um, um, the first one was is First Thessalonians. I have a question about. First Thessalonians um, 16 and 17. Do you have your Bible with you, maybe? I will uh, get to it right now. First Thessalonians. Now, you said First Thessalonians what? 16 and 17. First Thessalonians. Chapter 4, four um, verse 16 and 17. Oh, First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Yes. Okay, hold on. One second, just so I have. Which version are you reading from? Do you know? King, King James. Okay, so let me uh, let me pick a King James so I'm matching the variation that you have here. Okay, so First Thessalonians uh, four sixteen through seventeen. For the Lord for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is that what is that the scripture that you're speaking yep. of? Yep, that's the scripture. Okay, and your question about that is, is what? Um. Can you please like do you do you think you'd have a way of like can you please explain it to me? Okay, I've never yeah. Really so had, like, a... Well, it would probably be a long uh, a, a very long explanation. We'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um with mm-hmm. what's taking place um 
with what's taking place now, the um, that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, as we've spoken about, that we are not from here. This is not home, right? Our mm-hmm. home is elsewhere. This That being here is a temporary existence, right? So this is what scripture speaks of. This is what Christ speaks of, that this home that we have here is a temporary existence, that we come here to be refined, to deny evil, and to accept good. So in these times that we're approaching now, the Lord himself, the Father, will descend from heaven. Now that is, if if scripture is correct, and Christ says that the Father is spirit, that means that there is a, a descension of spirit, just like scripture says that his, he will reign his spirit upon mankind. So that his spirit is descending from heaven with a shout. Now that's how we receive it. Those that are awake receive it with a shout. It's very loud. It is, uh, it's something that we can't avoid. Most of the people listening will, will be able to, um, uh, to, uh, to reconcile that and go, yeah, yeah, I, this is this truth that I know that I've heard is very loud. And it says with the voice of the archangel, because who is leading this, what's taking place with these planetary systems right now that we have, who is leading this is an archangel. That archangel is Michael. Michael is the one that is leading this, what I would call a rescue mission of the father's children, you and us that are here captive within the system. And it says with the trumpet of God. Now, the trumpet isn't necessarily a sound, although you may hear it as a sound, but that trumpet is a calling. So a trumpet is mm-hmm. what calls. It is a call to a battle. It is a call. So with a calling from God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, people would say that it's the dead, the people that are in the ground, right? Those dead no, have, it's, oh, those, it, it's I, I'm dead. I'm dead in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So those I'm dead and I'm dead to this world, but I'm alive in Christ. So those that are dead in Christ will rise first. That's what people that are awake right now, they have already risen. We are already rising. This ascension is taking place where people are ascending to a new level of understanding. They are, ascend- they are ascending and connecting with the Father where before we were not connected. We had to live by this faith. Now we are literally living with this connection, with this continuous discussion, and we are being shown the signs and the wonders within the cosmo- cosmological systems as we speak every single day. And then it says, and then he, we who are alive – and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Now the clouds, the translation of that word in the Hebrew in the clouds is spirit. It's not clouds. They've they've taken it and put clouds. But that is together with them in the spirit to meet the Lord in the air and spirit. That those two words right there, clouds and air, in the Hebrew are essentially the same word. So they've taken them and made them different. They're the same, but they're different. It gives you a better understanding. It says together with them in the spirit to meet the Lord in the spirit. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. So, so we'll be forever. So leaving this system, this repetitive system and being with the father forever. Does that help? Yes, that helps. I understand. I, I love that you're 12 years old. I love that you're 12 years old, and I love that you're calling and asking these questions. If you were in front of me right now, I'd be hugging you and kissing you all over, man. <laughs> right. Well, and just let me give you a little background. So, so the reason you're asking this question, I'm going to guess, okay, is because there's a lot of ch- churches that teach 
that Jesus himself will show up in the sky like a big, um, let's call him Jesus the blimp in the air, the blimpy, Jesus blimpy, and all the people are going to like, like float spookily up to him like ghosts in the cloud, right? Is that is mm-hmm. that kind of what you isn't that what you yeah. heard? Is, is that is that's what that, I used to hear? Is that the rapture? The rapture idea, right? And it's these mm-hmm. guys in the 1800s actually that came up with all this stuff. Okay, this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. This hasn't always been around in the church even. So what they did is they twisted Thessalonians. That's the main scripture that they used for this whole rapture theology. And what I would say is, what they, what, if you don't see it with spiritual eyes you would see corpses rising from the ground because that's you know, like, what else would you think? But when they mm. mistranslate the scriptures like that, not mistranslate because you could say cloud, I guess, in certain contexts, but the pro- the problem is that they do this a lot. Let me give you another example where they do this. When Nicodemus came to Jesus and said to Jesus, and, and said to Jesus, you know, explain this to me. And Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, don't you know, you must be born again. Remember that scripture? Uh-huh. Okay, so that, that that's not what Yeshua said. Jesus said, you must be born from above. Big difference. One translation puts you back into the whole sin system. The other translation is very clear. It's like, I can't be born from this world and make it to heaven. I have to be born from above. I have to get his genetic material. I have to get his life. Otherwise, I can't be born from above. See what I'm saying? So there's lots of places in Scripture where we see this, and you just got to be careful. And what you do is you go find yourself a Strong's Concordance. You know what that is? Mm-mm. A concordance? No. Yeah, so it's called Strong's, S-T-R-O-N-G-S. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have a question about a word, what a word means, a good place to start is to go there and to actually have each word numbered so you can look and see what the Greek is. And that will give you a starting point. So don't, one of the best things you can do is go through and translate a couple of scriptures yourself by going to the Strong's and looking at the Greek word and what it means, and then put together the translation in your own mind. And when you start doing that, you'll get a lot of revelation. Mm-hmm. So do I have the DNA of God? Like You do not. You have the DNA of the God of this world, yep. and so mm-hmm. do I. Yeah, so we all. It's twenty-three chromosomes, twenty-three and twenty-three, and you'll see this like our our enemy and all their secret societies and all their secret clubs and Masonic clubs and the Freemason Rosic... and all the, the Illuminati. Yeah, clubs. you know one of the biggest numbers that they worship is twenty-three. Do you know why? The 23 chromosomes? That's right. You know why they worship that? No, I do not. Because that's the whole, that is the whole host body system. They put this skin on us. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when they, when the, the you are, Genesis talks, go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're a, your primary creation from the Father is spirit. You're a spiritual being that is living a physical existence in this flesh. The fall of man fell into this flesh. So the original variation of Adam and Eve, according to the scriptures, is that they were, first, they were one. They were male and female, a single being. And then they were separated. So the separation of taking the rib from Adam and making Eve was the separation of them. And then at that point, the eating of the tree 
made them, then they became flesh. That's where it says that God put a clothing of skin on them. And people think that he mm-hmm. killed an animal and sewed together clothing. No, the clothing of yeah. skin that they were wearing at that point is the skin you're wearing. So this is mm-hmm. the skin you're wearing causes the flesh that we react to things in this world with the body of an animal. We are not animals. We are spiritual beings from the father that has to deny the animal instincts that we have. Now, here's the good news. The good news is part of what's going to happen over the course of this, of the process that we're going through in the seven year period. And on, the, the onward, tribulation. Right. The tribulation. And then on, onwards beyond the tribulation is there's a promise of what they call transmutation. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, do you think he had the same genetic chromosomes that he had when he went when he went to the grave? No, I, I don't. I don't I either. When, when he rose from the dead, it's he. I can't explain it. Like God, like he was woken up of some sort. Right, right. And what the what the Bible says is that he was raised with an incorruptible body. Mm-hmm. In other words. No longer was it in this in this uh, um, sin system anymore. It's completely free. He was truly born from above. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you, when and, you when you die to this flesh, Cruz, when you die to this flesh and you mm-hmm. you forget about the 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 importance of the things of this world, you know, it doesn't mean that you sit in a room by yourself and do nothing. It just means that you focus on the things that actually provide real value, loving your brother, loving your sister, loving people, and focused on that, and you, and you begin to learn who you are in the Father, that you will become entirely new, and your physical being will change. Your countenance will change. Your face, the way people will see you, they will sense it because you are living in existence where now you're in this 3D world where you're still in this flesh, but your spiritual being is palpable and people will feel it and see it because they'll – it's kind of like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you see it move the trees. Yes, yeah, yeah. you can feel the wind, and you can see its effect on the trees. The same thing with the spirit in you, Cruz, is that people will see its effect. They will see the impact that you have on other people. They will feel the spirit in you. They'll feel it on their body. They might not be able to see it, but they can definitely feel it. Just like I feel, I can hear it in your voice. Oh, me too. And, and Thank yeah. you. I can hear it in your yeah. voice. Right, right. So yeah, you're hearing from the Father. It's it's fun, isn't it? Mhm. It is fun. So what what is what is the tell me something that the Father's told you lately? What? Tell me something that you have heard the Father speak to you. The Spirit speak to you. Have you? Have you heard something lately that you want to share with us? Um, I've asked and prayed and to him, like, to give me, like, I've asked for signs of, like, when I, w- when I was, for, like, when I was younger, I mean, I'm so young, but, like, when I didn't know, know God, I would just ask for signs, like, blatantly. Like, I didn't, I wasn't praying, praying with my true spirit. Like, I was just saying things, almost, like, talking to the air. Like, I wasn't speaking to God spiritually connected. I I was just speaking out loud. Like, I didn't know how to communicate with him. And do you feel like, do you feel like, do you feel like you do now that you have a, a, 
that you're gaining a better connection with that spiritual feeling that when you talk, that when you're speaking to him, you're speaking to him from your heart. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a, a different yeah, connection I've, now? I feel like my heart is much more open. It's like he, you, I used to just, it literally felt like I was just talking to myself, but now I can, it's almost like he's sitting right next to me, like listening and hearing me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the father. All right. Yeah. So, and again, well, so great question. Great question. Yeah. Well, let me, let me address something that, that, uh, that you said, Cruz, is that, and I'm saying your na- name correctly, Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're saying my name correctly. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that, um, you know, when you say that you're asking for signs and this is for everybody out there that when you're asking for signs, the thing is, is that the father will show you signs. You have to pay attention to how he's speaking to you. He's showing you signs. The mere fact that you're, the mere fact that you're even on asking these questions to me is a very, very big sign because not, not every 12 year old in the world right now is uh, focused on this. They're more focused on, um, you know, call of duty or something like that. Right. They're, they're not, they're not calling into a show like this and seeking spiritual. So the father's working in you like, like, like nobody's business. And by the way, it was Christ that was also going into the temples and questioning the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes at the same age. So it's a profound age, and that's the exact age that, that the Father is truly speaking to you and showing you these things. So when you're looking for a sign, it says, Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe, because that's because they have seen it in the spiritual, and they, haven't, they don't need to see it in the physical. There is um, – uh, uh, if I didn't want to – you know, bore everybody to death. I'd sing you a song right now. There's a sign. Uh, there's a song about if you're, but if you're looking for a sign, there is no sign to see. That blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And it is truly profound that you're even having this conversation, because to me, the mere fact that you're not focused on the things of this world and that you are focused on this is the greatest sign I've heard today. Me too, man. You really, you really cheered me up. Because we yeah, just had I, a twelve-year, we just had a twelve-year-old yeah, questioning us. you completely us. rocked my day. <laughs> You completely rocked my day. I'm you. Um, you, I you, guys you guys make such a huge impact on me and my dad and, like, explain stuff to us. So, like, I've never heard anyone else explain something so clearly that I can understand. And I'm 12. I'm not – I don't, like – you explain it to me and I understand it. Like, I know – what it means, and it's just—I've never been so connected in my life. I mean, I'm 12 well, years awesome. old, but just—it's coming so Cruz, quick, and it's—I just—I just blown away that I have a 12-year-old asking me questions. That's what's blowing me away. I know. I'm loving. No, I'm loving it. You know, Christ said, "If you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must become like a little child." That's the message for everybody out there. Listen to this young man, because right. to me. He's far more he's far more in touch than all of us. It is so much more you know, you, you can watch the matrix and it says we typically you know, we, we don't bring people out of the matrix when they're older because they have such a difficult time with it, typically younger. It's so much easier for us to understand because we haven't spent our whole time being programmed by the ways of this world. Cruz, yeah. I you have made my day, man. You have made my day. Right. Please stay in touch, okay? I love you guys. So much. Thank you love for you too, man. Oh man, yeah. I love you too, brother. <laughs> You're awesome. Awesome. All right. Do we have another caller? Well, tell, tell your dad. Tell, tell your dad. Tell everybody that uh, that we love. Thank you so much for calling. And you call and con- uh-huh. contact me. And okay, 
You ever have okay. questions, you contact me. All right, Talk goodbye. to you soon. Thank you for calling, Chris. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Love him. Love him, Steve. Dude, we just had a twelve. We just had a twelve-year-old come and asking us questions. I mean, that's profound. That is so profound. Oh my God! I love, I love that. That's off the so charts. Go okay. To, yeah. So we're gonna go to another caller. Area code nine zero seven three one four nine zero seven three one four. You're on with Derek and Steve. Hello. Hello. There. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you fine. We What's can- your name? This is Renee Marshall. Hi. Hey. I have a few questions. And you guys did clear some of it up for me earlier. I want and the testimony of those two last callers. Oh my God. The courage of Ray for coming on and choosing love over, you know, Satan, basically. And this little young man, oh my goodness. I don't think I could pop that. But I do have a question. You guys did answer some of it earlier. They don't love of this world. Die to this world. And I am such a loving creature. I tell you, I love everything and everybody. And so I'm always, um, I fall prey easy because I do love so many things because I've had some experiences in my life. I've had premonitions. I've had, you know, where I've seen what I, uh, lives I've had in the past, um, I've had different things happen, which everybody has a testimony of their own, correct? But um, I think what you mean by dying of this world is don't love of the material things, don't love of the things that is mechanical, is, you know, you can continue loving the things of the world like all creation, but not, you mean the things that are man-made, is that what, I think you mean when you no, say that. No, no, we're not. We're not. Ta- we're not talking about being Amish people necessarily. Although I have respect for the Amish. Okay, that's not. That's not what we're saying, <laughs> per se. You have to remember when Jesus addressed when he says the world, he's talking about the whole cosmos that we're living in. He's talking about the whole thing. Don't love this. This material plane. Love this life death cycle don't love sin the very you know the very core host body system don't love the government don't love the way they rule don't love the way that they have gods and kings and don't love that that's the that's the system that is that what we're living in is the matrix itself basically if i retranslated it i would say in today's world i'd say love not the matrix yeah, then let okay. me let me give you a, a little bit different. Let me give you a little bit different insight into it. This is what I love about having Steve on with us is that we both have a, the the same understanding of it, we'll, but we'll have a different way of explaining it. Um, that um, I I always look to things from a value perspective. What is truly valuable? So uh, this world is the false value systems that we've given. So even this life that we think is valuable. Do not love this life because the world says that your life is valuable because you're going to build a university or build a home or build, you know, build an inheritance for your children in the physical things in this material plane world. Now, to change that, that the value of this life, your value of this life is what you give in this life, not in material, has nothing to do with material, has to do with love, what you give, what you boost up. 
what you've encouraged somebody to continue to find the Father, what you've encouraged when you've built – just like that kid. Okay, so just like Cruz coming on. What he gave to me is true value. So what him just showing the interest in in something far bigger than this world is true value. That's an inspiration, inspiring others to seek their higher self, inspiring others to know who they truly are, not of this world. That's true value. To love them in that, that's true value. So yes, all of that that exists in this material plane that, that we get to, um, that isn't a material thing, but yet it exists as a substance in this material world. But everything that this world is, that doesn't mean don't love the dog. That doesn't mean don't love the tree. That doesn't mean that's all life. All of that and every single one of those, just like Tolkien says in, you know, with the tree, you've got the, um, you've got the ents, right? So he says, I am not a tree. I am an ent. I am an entity. Any life force here, any life force isn't from here either. Although these trees and everything might be part of this, this material plane, there also, there is spirit. Walk into a forest and tell me you're not feeling the spirit. I've, I've grew right. up in a forest, and I can tell you right now that I feel a greater sense of spirit in the trees that are around me than I do in a crowd of people. So I don't get to judge who they are yet, right? Because, we again, we're living this 3D existence world. So if they die yeah, to the world, when you say saying die to this, die to the flesh, die to the, all of the things that don't have any value outside value. of this physical plane doesn't mean that you're not going to go get groceries and in the physical world feed this human this physical body of course you are but but you want to do that in such a way that it feeds this physical body that allows your spirit to excel because this physical body also being in the flesh is designed to keep you away from that physical plane or from that spiritual plane it's your design that's why you're using a fraction of percentage of your brain that's why your your pineal gland is completely calcified Everything in this physical existence is designed to keep you out of touch. But right now, with the crack in the magnetosphere and with the planetary systems that are coming close, they can no longer block it. Even with the calcified pineal gland, you could see this if you're open to it. Correct. That, that's part of the reason I moved to Alaska. I was having a very difficult time uh, living in the matrix that we live in as far as paying the bills, following the rules, standing the line at DMV, uh, you know, the judicial system, the fines you get when you get pulled over for traffic. Well, just, just the whole scenario versus my meditation when I would meditate and I would reach out with the trees. And when I pick the cherries off the tree and the blue jay flies by and is squawking at me because I'm picking the cherries and I'm telling him, oh, no, I'm going to leave you a branch. I'm leaving you some food. I promise I won't take it all. I'm leaving some for you. And then what falls in the ground is the ants take it. And if you give to, I found uh, through my uh, experience, uh, to uh, all of nature, it spiritually takes care of you. Uh, it's like the cycle of life. Everything, there's a trade to everything that you, uh, with your giving spirit. So uh, I moved to Alaska because of the trees. I was doing a healing process with the trees in California because I seen so many of them were dying. Well, 
I moved to Alaska, and I seen the same thing. And I would go out, and I would speak to the trees. Matter of fact, I got lost one time. I was driving. I got lost. I asked the trees to help me find my way out. And luckily, within just a few minutes, I found the road, and I was right back on the same path. So I, I have that spirit within me, and I volunteer for everything. So uh, my next question is, and we'll keep rambling on, make the calls. My next question is, uh, the Burning Man, uh, for the September 9th uh, gathering, I was really kind of wondering what that's all about. I know I live, right now I'm in the Chico area. I just moved from Alaska, and I'm in the Chico area. And you see, uh, I've been looking for motorhomes. And I'll see a motorhome, and it'll say, you know, the price will be really good, and it'll say, Burning Man, motorhome, uh, good deal, good price, and my mom asked me, she says, Renee, what's this Burning Man thing? And I said, I think I'm going to find out soon here, Mom. I'm, I'm going to go to the gathering in September, and I think I'm going to find out. But so yeah, so Derek, are you going to talk about Burning Man? Are you going to tell us about Burning Man, Derek? Yeah, well, well let me, yes. So let me, let me give you uh, uh, an example. So a lot of people say that Burning Man is satanic, and now I'm not going to tell you that there isn't some stuff there that takes place that I don't agree with, but... But here again, we have people that are going to Burning Man. So what Burning Man's principle is is non-commerce. So there's no commerce. But here's the here's what's happened. Obviously, Burning Man is charging astronomical amounts for tickets and things like that. So it's become corrupted. But the original intent of it was to gather people where you would exist for a week in the desert and that you could have entertainment and that you would have things that weren't run by electricity or that weren't, you know, that you, uh, so not just a non-commerce, but a separation from the world. So the people that go, that if you need something to drink, that you have to bring something that you trade. So it's a trade and barter and that it's not, no commerce, that you're not exchanging money, a separation from that. So the people that go to Burning Man are experiencing getting back to the root of what is true value, exchanging true value for true value, sustenance for sustenance, living for living, not a, not a thing that represents it that has no value, but actually value for value. You give me water, I give you food. Um, somebody needs a, a need, you have a shower, somebody brings you food. That's how you eat is because you have a shower, somebody else has food, you exchange those things, and you exist that way. And so it is also uh, intended to be a place of sharing love and understanding and, and non-judgmental. Right. So now I'm not going to judge you as being this religion. I'm not going to judge you as being black or white. So removing all of those things. So the principle of it, the idea of it, obviously, just like everything else from the father gets tainted and gets corrupted in this world. So this event that we're having is not a burning man. It's what I'm calling a decompression. People coming from it that, you know, you come there, you experiencing that. And then from burning man, you're going to come to you're going to come to Exalterra and at Exalterra. It's going to be similar to Burning Man, but you're going to get an education about who you really are. You're going to experience the love. You're going to experience the no commerce. Nobody, there's not going to be anybody charged for coming there. Um, people bring the, bring the assets that they have. The people that will have the stage, they'll bring the stage. The people that have the PA, they'll bring the PA. That's their contribution. Everybody contributes to the event, and everybody will exchange in order to, to um, have sustenance. So. If somebody wants to come and be a part of it, they bring something to the equation and that it's going to be a community, a building of a community. Now, the reason why we're doing this is because I can go into a church of 20,000 people right now. I could go into Joel Osteen's church 
and 20,000 people and have a conversation with them, and out of 20,000 people, maybe have two or 300 people that gravitate towards what we're saying and want to separate themselves from the world because a Joel Osteen's church and the church today has convinced people that prosperity is good and God wants you to be rich and have a million-dollar mansion and fly around in private jets. So they're going to be a difficult crowd to, to, to discover those that have been chosen to hear. The Burning Man crowd, the group of people from Burning Man – coming to this are going to be very open to understanding these things. They're searching already. They're already separating themselves from the world. They're tired of it. They're exhausted with it. They just haven't heard the specifics of the truth yet and understanding. They've been persecuted and called Satanists, right, because they see things. I've had many people that have worshipped Satan that have come to me, and by the time they're done, they're understanding that what they're worshipping is they're worshipping a a deified figure of Lucifer who runs this world. And once they understand who the father is, they abandon those things. But it doesn't mean that I've judged them for that. I'm, if you want to find out the truth of this world, you know, like I've said, somebody will say, you know, I'll say, have you read the Satanic Bible? Have you read the book of Lucifer? Have you read these things? They'll go, no, why would I do that? Christian will say, no, why would I do that? Well, if you want to know how the enemy operates and you want to know where this world came from, you want to know how it was established, the church is the last one to tell you. Oh man, yeah, the, the last... book of Lucifer. <laughs> wow, yeah, because you start to when you start to see it's like motives and the way that they are. Again, it's it's useful from the standpoint of understanding the mechanisms of how they operate and what their motives are, right? <laughs> and their motives aren't good. Yeah, so because remember, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't believe how many people that are in Alaska they're trying so hard to get off the grid. They want away from it. I lived in town because number one, I'm single. But I learned so much. Oh my goodness! I can't believe what I. Oh, I extol I the benefits of moving. I, I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I like those. I like that. So, but there's a there's a there's an underlying thing I want to address here, right? If you think that by just going to Alaska that you're going to escape the matrix, you're 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 running a fool's errand. The matrix well, is I, everywhere, I right? It's so a, it's a, it helps. It's a step it helps. In definitely helps reality because. Right, but you're it still in the matrix. I, okay, you learn how to be and, a pioneer, and in, in a way that you you're learning. I, I I live in I was born and raised in California, and they don't really teach you about the fruits and vegetables and you know foods that you can just go pick and actually eat. You know you and the in Alaska they show you you know the uh, rose hips that you can pick. All the different varieties of mushrooms, the different yeah, berries. Yeah, Alaska is also the worst state for pedophilia. It's it's criminal. It's 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 the matrix is there, man. Don't fool yourself. And again, the oh, point no, I'm, I'm trying to make. The, the, let me let me just make this point real quick. The point I'm trying to make is a lot of people buy into this idea that if you run off into the woods and pile up gold bricks and learn how to cook your own food, everything's going to be kosher. It's not going to be. That doesn't get you out of this matrix. It doesn't. Yeah. No, well, it, it, it has to be a, it has to be combined with it. It is going to help you have a spiritual like it, it. There's no question that going out into the woods and becoming in touch with becoming in touch with yourself and becoming in touch with the Father is going to help you escape the matrix. So being away from the hustle and bustle, being away from the vast majority of electronics, I believe definitely does help. But you can't – as long as you're on this planet, you're in the matrix. There's no question about that. Escaping this matrix – and becoming what you know the the movie the Matrix would be actually leaving is entirely spiritual, entirely leaving this 
from a spiritual perspective right. and, and being able to exist and not exist at the same time. One foot on the sand and one foot on the sea. Right, and we're it's, coming full circle because we're coming back to this idea of rest again, right? Because what are we really seeking when we go to Alaska? We're seeking relief. We're seeking rest. But the rest that we're talking yeah. about when we go back to the spiritual concept here, the resting and ceasing all of that fighting inside, all that conflict, just stop fighting internally and let yourself rest in trust in him. What happens then is you can be anywhere and be at rest. That's what we're going for. I want to be able to be in the middle of downtown Chicago and be at, as at rest there as I am at your house in Alaska. You know what I mean? Yes, That's I our get goal. that. And I, That's our goal. I commend you for what you're doing because I think you guys are helping to bring people into that a little more. And I get excited every time I listen to you guys or your podcast, the videos that you do, because it, 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 it I don't want to say it's alluring, but it's, it's more of a mentoring type uh, thing where you feel uh, you're mentored and you feel a little more, I should say, vindicated in your thoughts, that how you already have a natural, natural ability to feel that way already. And now you're not doubting yourself because you have others that feel that way and that are helping you to understand that what you feel is, is curious, you know. So I appreciate that. But there is a, uh, in Hebrews, um, let me see which one it is. Hebrews 13. This is the Gideon's James, King James Version, by the way. And 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as though, as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be um, profitable for you. So, but... You have to read the whole thing, actually, to kind of get what that means. It's kind of like what you guys are doing. Um, if you're listening, not the rulers of Satan that's ruling the world, the false god, but the ones mm-hmm. that are coming to help us, guide us into um, the right mentoring, basically. And so I, I just want to thank you guys again. But I want to give you guys back your show so you can get a couple more callers on. And I thank you for helping me clarify uh, that you can't run and you can't hide. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of volunteer work there. I got the hospice training, and it was so spiritual with me because I really did a lot of work with the seniors. Uh, with the, I got to look into the villages, the Clinket natives, uh, how they live in the Klekwon village. It was very educational. I got to see things that you don't see. With your everyday hustle and bustle, trying to keep up with your modern day bills, especially the California expensive area. So I learned a lot by being there, but then I came back, and now I'm ready for the next uh, spiritual level, which I'm hoping I'll come to. You know, September 9th, it's going to expand, and I'll just grow even more in spirit. So I want to thank you guys. Yeah, just so you know, Renee, the uh, the event and the 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 event will be. Um, there will be sessions every single day, um, and and all at the all at the same time throughout the whole day. So I will also be um, I'll be uh, giving sessions, teaching sessions, and speaking from different parts of the scripture and 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 lots of other things. We'll we'll have lots of things. There w- there will be something going on every minute of the day and every minute of the night. You won't be able to uh, you know you you'll be able to pick from whatever you wanna you wanna learn. Uh, 
I'm going to force Steve to be there. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be there. And um, and also Steve's going to be coming out here, and Steve and I are going to be doing some videos videos here from uh, from the property beforehand because we're going to be sending him a plane ticket and bringing him out here pretty quick. So, uh, just so you know, <laughs> pack your bag. Of course, I'll come. That's going to be fun. You you guys are going to do – is it not going to be the whole weekend, or is it just going to be on Sunday? Or It's going to be the 9th. It's going to be the 9th through the 18th. Just so you know, September is the 9th month, oh. right, the 9th day, okay. and then 2018 is 9 and then it'll be uh, it'll be to the 18th, so which is also nine, and so we're gonna have nine days. So it's everything is nine. So everything in the cosmological systems is a nine, and where it's broken, 365 days doesn't add up to nine. 360 days is the original calendar of this Earth, so that's a nine. Everything in the cosmological system works on variations of nine. So basically, this is just a uh, going back to the numbers of all of it. And um, so whenever you see nine, it's kind of important. 1,260 days of the two witnesses in the, in the scriptures adds up to nine. Um, as we were talking about the 100, uh, the, uh, 100 and uh, uh, what were we talking about earlier, Steve, with the fish, right? So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's 100, 153 fish, which is the square root is 12.369. It's like it goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Which is the cycles of the moon. Which is also adds up to nine, so everything is a nine. Wow, right. that's good. Okay, well then I'm going to see what days I can make it. Then I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to fly there for one day, but I I may just drive. I don't know. I'm going to. Yeah, it's it's definitely not one day. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, and if you it's guys definitely not one day. I'm going to sign up for a volunteer thing. If you guys will have, you know, volunteers that you're going to need for whatever. I, I just want to. Yep. I want to offer. Uh, just re- I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be rude or anything, but we're going to be out of time in two minutes, and uh, maybe okay. you yeah. know, Derek. And, and thank you so much for calling in. But maybe thank Derek, you, you wanted to wrap up with a thought, or yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Dave. I want to. Ra- yeah, and I've got a. I've got a couple minutes. Things. Yeah. Thanks so much, Renee, and uh, stay in touch. Okay. I will. So, uh, Steve, uh, I have a little maintenance. So uh, just to quickly uh, touch base with the website again. So it looks like it's gone down again. So anybody that's trying to get onto the to the website, I'm going to revert it back to the uh, to the original CIC website. Um, so uh, until I can figure out what's going on with this server, obviously I've got a lot of stuff going. I'm, I'm the octopi here with a bunch of arms trying to do a whole bunch of things at one time. So... Uh, I apologize that the the site, but Diaspora is phenomenal. So once I figure out what's going on with the server, why it's going up and down, I think you're going to really enjoy it. I appreciate it. Steve, as always, I love having you on, love chatting with you, and um, we will we will continue to uh, to have these discussions. We've got 60 seconds left of the show. Steve, you got any parting words? Yeah, and that is rest. Take care of yourself, you know. We're going through a lot of changes right now, um, both spiritually and in the physical, electromagnetics, all that kind of stuff. Take care of yourself, okay? Rest. Rest in him. And and, uh, somebody made a comment, said, slow down. I'm trying to get these things in. You'll be able to play this back over on YouTube once I've uploaded it to YouTube. So uh, anything that you missed from me talking too quickly... Uh, you'll be able to pause and go back and forth and go back and forth. So I appreciate the uh, appreciate the comments. Just trying to um, uh, 
trying to get through these things. And everyone, please, uh, please go back. Like I've said, I, I get a lot of questions of people that of things that I've addressed back in these videos. There's a lot of information. Go back and watch these videos again. I really encourage that. It's so so important. The people that have done that have gotten a ton from it. All right, Steve. We'll right, talk and, to you soon. And if you talk to you soon, and everybody love you all, man. Take care.